It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. And welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. It is Friday the 13th, so of course we're talking about Jason Lives! Hey, hey Matt, why did you pick this one? Thank you for asking, Matt, because it's the best fucking Friday the 13th movie ever made. That's the answer. Boom! All right, so uh, I know that I love this movie. I don't know how many times Scott or Brian have seen this movie, so I'm curious, A, if this was your first time watching it, and B, did you also love it as much as I do? Um, it definitely wasn't my first time watching it, but it felt like it, um, because hot take, I never really cared for the Friday the 13th series. That's not, that's, that's fine. Friday the 13th is mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very, it, it, so here's the thing. I, I have the same complaint with Jason that I have with Michael Myers. I give Michael Myers a little bit more grief, but like, there's only so many times I can watch someone stab somebody. You know what I mean? Like the silent killer walking around just doesn't really work for like 10 plus movies to me. Mm -hmm. But this kind of did what worked for like Nightmare on Elm Street and a couple other movies of like actually having fun. Like it was. Yeah, I don't know. I love the original. Uh, I've seen the first three more times than I care to admit, primarily the third one. Um, So this was better than two and three. And that's where I'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I so uh, Matt, I'm kind of disappointed in you for saying that you don't know how much I love this movie because oh, I know I that you secretly I've love pontificated this movie. Yeah. about this. No, there's no secret. Like I go back and listen. I mean, you probably have within the last month anyway. But go back and listen to our episode on uh, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, where I specifically call out. Uh, Jason Lives as the best. So here's a uh, fun fact about Jason Lives that I actually never knew until I was reading IMDb. So the director of this movie, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, it's Tom Mick something. Um, he was Thompson. Kevin. He was Kevin Williamson's first pick 
for Scream because he got the idea for Scream while watching Jason Lives. And thinking, hey, what if we did a meta horror movie where the characters knew that they were in the horror movie? Um, And that was his whole, like, that was his jumping off point. Uh, And this movie is goofy, dude. Like, the... For starters, it has the James Bond parody, which I laughed at. (laughs) I laughed because it was just so stupid and it's such a product of its time. Oh, it's you know, it's like if it wasn't for the fact that it is actually a Friday the 13th movie, that's some shit. That's some like Mel Brooks scary movie shit. Like, (laughs) it's so absurd. Uh, he comes. So, here's the thing I do like about the Jason movies, and this is something that I've also given credit to with the Child's Play movies is that if you do watch them in order, the storyline tracks. You know what I mean? Like, you don't see Jason die until part four, the final Friday. He has been alive for from one through four. Part five, there is no Jason. It's someone dressing up as Jason to scare people. And then we jump to part six, where the person who killed Jason in part four needs to prove to himself that Jason's dead because of what happened in part five. And in doing so... Lightning strikes. We get a Frankenstein resurrection. So fucking funny. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. That's how he gets brought back in Manhattan too, right? Is a lightning sort of, strike? No, sort of. It's electrical. He gets electrocuted. Oh. But from that point, Jason's never like he is almost entirely chained to the bottom of the ocean, still alive for the rest of this franchise <laughs> until he goes to hell. Um, Jason goes to hell. Um, Jason goes to hell. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, I love even like the comedy of Jason comes back from the dead and the kid's like, I'm going to set him on fire. And he lights the match and then just rate down for rain. So <laughs> and, funny. Like, and it's the dude from Return of the Living Dead, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. The, I actually um, it's funny because I was thinking about that, how I really dislike zombie movies, but. My two favorite zombie movies both star the same dude. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Matthews. Uh, yeah, and Tom Matthews is just a good dude. We've actually met him briefly at Pop Rock and Horror. And yes, he's sir. Very nice guy. Uh, I also love Martin the Caretaker, who's just there to break the fourth wall throughout the yeah. whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't uh, he call someone a fart? He. Uh, uh, he calls him a fart head. Does he yeah, think a I'm a fart head? Yeah. Well, then there's this because there's the big one. And I remember when I watched this movie for the first time, it was when I realized that the movie was brilliant. And I was probably like late high school, early college when I finally got around to watching it. But it's when he's reburying the coffin. He won't even open it to see yeah. that it's not Jason. And he's like coming out here, digging up Jason all over again. And then he stares directly into the camera and just goes, some people have a sick sense of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, I love it. I love it. And some of the jokes are dumb. Like the there's the American Express card joke, which the director has openly said that his hope was that the audience would see the card and all yell at the screen, don't leave home without it. Like, he was literally just trying to create fan interaction <laughs> while, while making the movie, which is, like, kind of cool at the same time. That's some William Castle stuff. I, yeah. I like it. Uh, but this is also the first, and to this point, the only Friday the 13th movie where there's actual campers at the camp, which also adds a really different dynamic to everything. It's but you know here's the thing about it for me is that this movie feels like a fall movie whereas all the other ones are supposed to feel like summer summer camp movies yeah. 
And like, there's no rhyme or reason why you'd have a bunch of camp kids at a camp on October 13th. (laughs) Fair enough. But I I mean, I know, I know Jason's birthday, (laughs) Jason's birthday, just for the purists out there is May 13th, 1946, I want to say, because he was 11 when he died, right? Yeah, something like that. And he died in 57. But it's it if you if you go to if you watch the first Friday the 13th, they're getting killed on Jason's birthday. His mom says so. And you wouldn't be you would be getting a camp ready in May for kids to come in June. So yeah, it's May. A lot of people think it's June thirteenth, but it is May thirteenth. That is well, maybe birthday. this one is June thirteenth because there's no rhyme or reason to when you bring him back from the dead. Um, maybe I don't maybe. know, but I also don't think that it makes any sense that they would have campers at a camp and then have fall leaves blowing around every time the, the door opens <laughs> ominously. Canada. Here's my question. <laughs> here's my here's my question about all these Friday the Thirteenths. Mm-hmm. So I kind of get Jaws, right? I kind of get how, like, in New England and New Jersey, you know, the beach is their biggest form of income for that town. How profitable is a camp that, regardless of the amount of mass deaths, you have to continue to try to reopen? So, it? so here's the thing. Here's the thing that people don't realize. Um, so, there's Friday the Thirteenth Part One. That's its own thing. Friday the 13th part two um, is I think it's supposed to be like 10 years after the fact. So they're reopening this camp 10 years later. Part And I get two, two. Hold on parts two, three, and four are all in the same day. That's the thing. What? It's one or it's over the same weekend. So it's because Jason doesn't die at the end of part two. Part three is a group of kids that same weekend and then that leads into part four where he's finally killed so you have to imagine that at the point of part six this is only the third time at this camp after another like gap of time has passed where they're like let's open up the camp but it's got to have a different name entirely like we're not gonna no we don't believe that this jason thing existed we think that that's crazy we think that someone just went crazy and killed people and they're blaming it on jason you know what i mean like but can you explain to me the the chronology of two, three, and four? Because I, I'm I'm really, or two and yeah, I mean, two, three, and four. Like I'm really confused by that. Like I, I I've watched those more than once a piece, and I never knew that they were on the same weekend. Like how does how does that how mean, does that make sense? Because it's I think it's just that he's going through. Are they multiple camps? They're all they're all on the same. Well, they, no, no, they're not camps on Crystal Lake, right? There's multiple camps on Crystal Lake, but I you have to remember that the third one specifically is just a bunch of teenagers hanging out in the woods. They're not setting up a camp. Um, yeah, it says so. So part three's plot synopsis says immediately following the events of the previous film, the badly injured and unmasked Jason Voorhees goes to the lakefront store for a change of clothes, and while there, he murders the store owners. And then it just continues from that point. So he's he's on the run from the previous movie and then just keeps the killing spree going. Huh. And then, you know, Final Friday, he's still not or um yeah, Final Friday, he's still not dead. Uh or no, not Final Friday. 
the fuck was Friday the Thirteenth Part Four called? Um, anyway, uh, let me pull that up, and I will do some editing when it comes time for this one to drop. And three is when he gets the hockey mask. Yes, three is the first time he gets the hockey mask. Yeah, he's a baghead in two. Right at the night after the events of part three, police clean up the grounds and Jason Voorhees' body, believing it to be dead, and is taken to the morgue. At the hospital, Jason spontaneously revives and escapes the cold storage, murdering the coroner with a hacksaw and gutting yeah. the nurse. And follow okay. the following day, a group of teenagers drive to Crystal Lake for the weekend. So it's supposed to be that all those things are happening because the news hasn't gotten out yet what uh. happened on Friday. So I think it's supposed to be like, Parts two and three technically are like Friday, Saturday, and then part four is that Sunday. Um, okay. Which, which part four, look, there's a couple of these that are worth watching for the podcast, if for no other reason, just discussing specific characters. Because <laughs> part yeah. four is the one that has Crispin Glover doing his awkward fucking dorky dance while he's trying to win the hearts of girls. <laughs> and uh, I mean, part five has a punk gothy girl doing the robot to hip hop music alone in her room, which that alone is worth talking about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so part six, it gets real goofy. It gets real weird. It's supposed to, I think someone said that it's supposed to take place in 1996. Like, if you follow the timelines of, like, well, if this oh, happened how, on this and yeah. jumps ahead 10 years, then this is 1996. Which I think we talked about with Jason Takes Manhattan as well. That, like, Jason Takes Manhattan technically, chronologically, is, like, 2001 or something. Oh, my um, God. But anyway, uh, this movie, from start to finish, is just such a different film than everything else in the franchise. It's the only one with no boobs. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, it's so goofy. I, I the big thing I want to talk about is wait, 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 dude. There, there's, there's side boob when they're having sex in the uh, right, and they're having sex in the yeah. Trailer. But there's, but that's it. There's no like, hey, here's some nudity. Um, I want to talk about the executive paintballer retreat. <laughs> oh man. Okay, can I tell you guys a story? About... Did you have to go on a paintballing trip for work? No, no. Um, <laughs> the first time I ever saw this movie. Oh, okay. So. We were in Chicago, uh, where my aunt lived at the time, for her wedding. Um, she got married when my sister on my sister's fourteenth, fourteenth or fifteenth birthday, and um, my sister's birthday is the same day as yours, Matt, so oh, October fourteenth. Nice. <laughs> uh, hint, hint. Anybody that listens to the show that wants to um, get Matt a present uh, next year. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> Um, so we're there and for some reason I want to say it was sci-fi had Friday the 13th Jason Lives playing well, imagine I'm imagining that if oh, the wedding, oh it dude it been was on a Friday, Friday the 13th, 13th. Yeah. yeah yeah that's wow, <laughs> yeah so so they're playing this and he used and, my detective deduction skills and... yeah, yeah. <laughs> whoops <laughs> but anyway so they they um they're playing this and it's the first time it was I think the first Friday the 13th scene i ever saw um and i saw the 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 team building exercise out in the woods <laughs> and i was like i was really freaked out by it because i obviously was not a uh horror guy yet you know i was like i was nine so uh or 10 or whatever um so man just such a great and that but that's also why this feels like a fall movie beyond the fact that they're literally filming it in the fall but um <laughs> it, it looks like a fall movie to me and it feels like a fall movie because of that and and whenever i think about this movie i always think about that guy with the 
the silly glasses shooting him in the chest with a paintball. <laughs> so funny. It's so it's such a goofy scene. And I have the one night, uh, the one night, the one note uh, that just says, Jason doesn't like misogyny any more than I do. Because <laughs> it's the <laughs> one guy who's out in the woods. He's angrily chopping. He's like, God damn bitch. What's she even doing out here with those men? And then all of a sudden, Jason just rips his fucking arm off and smashes his face into a tree. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that must be the best. Well, it's top three best Jason kills. I, it has to be. Because it leaves this bloody smiley face imprint on the side of the tree after he well, does it. Well, even more than that, I, I just love the fact that he pulls the guy's arm and he just looks at the hand holding the machete and he's like, this will do. You know, it's, just, it's great. <laughs> well, and you can hear about a few more of our favorite Jason moments if you go over to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast where we're going to have a supplemental bonus conversation of just some of our favorite Jason moments in the the 12 film franchise. We really got to get that 13th film out there. Jesus. <laughs> how, they're, how, they're waiting for it to be good. Yeah, well, then we'll never see it. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, that's my quick plug for the Patreon because Scott teed that shit up beautifully. Uh, uh, I but... didn't even mean to at all. I forgot that we were doing that <laughs> <laughs> immediately following this recording. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, the, um, the, the other great part about that paintball scene is that when they get shot, they have to wear headbands that say dead. Yeah. But I, I really think that they missed the opportunity to call them dead bands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like that whole scene, that's, that is one of my favorite scenes in any of these movies. Cause it's, it's fun. The di- like the dialogue in this movie is actually pretty, pretty tight uh, as tight as like a, 80 slasher film can get it, it's in that like witty well thought out uh punchline setups versus like here's the thing Pr- prior in this franchise if you were gonna have a comedy character in a friday the 13th movie you got fucking shelly in part three this curly haired whiny guy putting that on masks sucks. and doing doing pranks that don't go well and then just being like Jeez, it was just a joke. Why are you guys so angry at me? And you're just like, God, Shelly, you suck so much. <laughs> like, like, like that was their their idea of, of comedy was like the wacky prankster. Whereas like this one, it's like, or, you know, we could like structure jokes. Like we take Man, time to like structure out a joke. I got to say, I think the funniest teen, quote unquote teen in this is Court. Is his name Court? Um, the guy that is having sex with the girl in the camper. Oh, dude, when he's rocking out to that fucking Alice Cooper song. Yeah, yeah, he goes, um, wow, this is great. I'm having such a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I love that guy's character. He's such a... He, that, and if that character wasn't played so funny, I would have hated him. Yeah, he's he's very over the top. So I'm looking at... So this was made by Tom McLaughlin, was his name. And... It's kind of a shame that he didn't get screamed because his career is not very impressive. Like he's directed a lot. He's had a career, but it's a lot of TV movies after this. Like Hmm. he did something called One Dark Night, which I believe I've never seen it, but I believe it's another very meta horror film. But like a like a people trapped in a haunted house meta. Then something called Date with an Angel was his follow-up to this. Whatever that sounds like, it's terrible. Yeah, what the hell is this listed as? Comedy, fantasy, romance. 
Uh, yeah, this. It's uh, yeah. It's probably a, like a, a rom com starring where... Phoebe Cates. <laughs> okay, now I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then he like directed an episode of Freddy's Nightmares, directed some episodes of the Friday Thirteenth series, and it's just been TV movies ever since. He did sometimes they come back, and then a bunch of shit Terrible. I've never heard of for the rest of his career. Man, sometimes they come back. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible movie. I swore that he was a bigger name. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I have such a love for this movie. You know, I I think that we are definitely in the minority of people that love this film because so many people are like, part five's the best. Like, everything after that is just shit. Well, part five's the one that people shit on a lot that I think deserves, like, a second viewing. But, like, people love people love part three. I've heard so many people rank part three as, like, one of the best. And I remember we did a live it's stream bad. watching it, and it was tough. It was, like... I saw it in the movie theaters. Was it at least year. in 3D? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw that has it to make it a little bit better. I um, saw no third dimension. <laughs> I don't know if you remember it. I remember like, that it's over the top with how much it throws shit at the camera. Like, and it's, it's like, like there's a very... part where a guy hands a doobie to the audience. Yeah, oh, that, and that's what most of it is. Like, yeah. there's a few kills, but like, there's like a tennis ball being thrown up in the air, like. Matt, you just said doobie. Yeah. <laughs> you guys smoking some doobies? Yeah, I hear it helps with glaucoma. I was hoping you guys didn't notice what I said. Scott Scott was the one who, who paused it. And when he hit pause, I said, I'll rewind this. Yeah, let's go back to the tape. <laughs> Let's review this. Oh, son of a bitch. Anyway, yeah, so Jason Lives, good movie. Um, but hey, there's a couple more things to talk about. The card game that, that Sissy and Meg, no, not Meg, what's the other girl's name? I don't know, the, the redhead. Sounds fun, right? <laughs> yeah, they're playing this card game, and it literally is just when she when Sissy is explaining it, um, she's explaining how you play the, the Friday the 13th Nintendo game, where it's like... Um, <laughs> You, you go through each of the cabins and one of them has Jason Voorhees in it. And I'm like, is this before or after they made the video game? I don't know. Uh, but that's just so funny to me. And then you get this gratuitous Lady Crotch shot, which is so fucking funny where um, uh, what's Tom Matthews character's name in this? Um, the, the, the hero. Oh, uh, fuck, fuck. Tommy Jarvis. Tommy, Tommy Jarvis, Jarvis. Thank you. Yep. So uh, it's, I was thinking it was a different name because his name's actually Tom. Um, I'm glad that I said his name and not Matt at the beginning of the episode because Matt would be like, yo, Thom Matthews. Yeah, Thom Matthews. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but yeah, Megan is driving and he has, she keeps pushing his face, in, face into her crotch because she's like, I don't want people to see you. And he's like, he's like, yep, this is, this is um, I don't, I don't even remember what he says, but she's like, he says something. I think he said, if you say so. Yeah, yeah, if you say so, yeah. yeah. And can I just say how odd it is to have everybody in this movie yelling my wife's name? Even her <laughs> nickname, Maggie. Like, I don't even call her Maggie, but friends from growing up call her Maggie. And I'm like, who? What? It's just so it's so weird. Like, I love this movie. I've seen it maybe six times, but um, I save it for special occasions like horror movie night. Oh. Um, I will say that one of my favorite notes that I wrote down <laughs> Just says, that's how you do a circle of fire, Octoman. <laughs> <laughs> so the the big the big like 
final kill for Jason is, well, I do actually want to call out a line that I like in this movie, but the, the Jason appears at the camp. Uh, Tommy Jarvis is like, look, he wants me. I don't want these kids to get killed. So I will sacrifice. I will become human bait to protect these kids. But they're like, kids, you got to get under your beds, hide. And there's this one shot where it's panning. And the, <laughs> the one kid looks at the other kid and just goes, so what were you going to be if you grew up? Which <laughs> is like such, such a weird line, but I love it. Uh, it's but yeah, so dark. <laughs> but like, so Tommy drives out into the lake, gets Jason to walk out there. And his plan is to put this giant rock around him and just chain him to the bottom of the lake. Uh, and Jason obviously pops out. There's like a, a circle of fire around the boat and Jason. So Jason can't get away. Um, and at the end, like there's a whole bunch of shit that happens, but they kill Jason with a propeller to the throat that has so much gore exploding out of it and shit floating in the water that I was like, man, this is like really going for a while. <laughs> like, I was, yeah, like, I'm kind of surprised happening. and disappointed that, that, uh, you know, that they, he doesn't really lose his jaw. Yeah. Well, because they knew that that eye was opening up and he was still going to be very much alive for the next however many movies. Right. But uh, yeah, it was all in all, still love it. Still my favorite. I was worried that I would watch it and be like, mm. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> uh, I do have to give a uh, a major shout out to, to Sheriff Garris because he goes 1v1 with Jason and doesn't do too bad of a job until he gets turned into a sandwich but uh yeah but he he held his own for a while yeah i was I, you, when you watch this you're like pretty impressed but then you know how how did tommy and megan live their life together after this because she never she doesn't see she never finds her dad you know she's like let's go i need to find my dad let's go and then after they chain Jason, they just walk away. Yeah. And she is fully responsible for her dad's death. Yeah. 100% it is her fault that her dad is dead. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. All right, well then, on that dark note, <laughs> what was your guys' double features? <laughs> well, you go first. It's your pick, Matt. Uh, let's see. I was torn between a couple different things, but I feel like I oh, keep course. picking the same stuff for, for these meta movies. Um, so I'm going to change it up, and I'm going to go with, uh, not because it's the one that came before, but because I've said earlier, uh, I would watch this with part five, because I do think that part five gets very unfairly shit on, and... Uh, there's there's some classic classic moments in that movie so uh give give part five a rewatch 
get over the fact that it's not really Jason and enjoy it for what it is. Cool. Brian? Uh, I'm going to pair it with You Might Be the Killer. Right. Ooh, that's yeah. a good one. I love it. The Very Kayak cool. King. They're canoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I would pair it with um, Night of the Living or Return of the Living Dead strictly so that you get the two best zombie movies and two best uh, Tom Matthews movies back to back. And yeah. it'll be a really good time. Nice. Um. All right. So, uh, so something that I want to give a shout out to. Uh, by the time this episode drops, the season's probably over by now. We're close to it. But at the time that we're recording it, we're about halfway through the final season of The Good Place. And it is well on its way to just being a flawless sitcom. Uh, it's it's just going to end up being four perfect seasons of a TV show. So uh, kudos to everybody who worked on that show because I fucking love it. And uh, I can't believe I waited until like this summer to actually watch it. So... That's nice. mine. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I will um, say that I watched um, The Field Guide to Evil. Did you guys watch that? No, I no, never even heard not. of it. <laughs> uh, it's on Hulu. It's, it's I think I want to say, eight small horror shorts uh, from around the world. And I, I don't know if it's because... They are. They feel so alien and foreign, obviously, because they're foreign. But uh, <laughs> and I also I do like the fact that they're all based on real folklore. Um, I enjoyed it. It's also very beautifully. All of the pieces are beautifully shot because they had X amount of money to make like a you know a, a seven or eight minute short. So uh, they all look great and they're very artistic. I really enjoyed it. I mean, we'll never do another anthology month, but. Um, it was it was fun, and I highly recommend it. I also want to recommend the new Cannabis Corpse record. So I've talked about Cannabis Corpse on the show before. Um, they're they're a joke band where all the songs are weed jokes about are based on like death metal song titles, and and they're they they started out as a Cannibal Corpse joke band were and they still are kind of in that same like brutal death metal um subgenre but they have a new album out called nug so vile <laughs> which is uh a play on the uh i want to say it's obituary or i can't remember who did that but there's a there's an album called none so vile um and it is great it came out on november 1st and uh i am really loving it that they are one of my favorite death metal bands even though all their songs are about weed and i don't smoke <laughs> uh and actually you bringing out uh cannabis corpse did remind me i do want to give a shout out to a, a podcast episode that i didn't think i would be as captivated by but truly was uh so i've talked about it before there's a podcast out there called the labeled podcast which is just about the history of tooth and nail records um and they put out an episode on the band dead poetic who i'd never gotten that into but uh, Megan liked them. I was going to say, so it's an interview. It's an hour and a half long interview with the lead singer explaining why he walked away from the band when they had like the biggest opportunities in their entire life ahead of them. Um, and it's because so I never knew this, but like at the time, Dead Poetic was selling better than Under Oath. They were like the number one selling band on Tooth and Nail. And basically they got offered to go on tour with red jumpsuit apparatus and then immediately go on tour with Incubus. And the lead singer said, now I'm done doing this and quit the band and effectively kind of just ended their 
career when it was just about to like hit the next plateau. And it's just a really interesting breakdown where he, I mean, the, the short version, but hearing his whole version is beautiful. Is he's just like, I got married to a woman and he's like, they told me, Hey, you're going on, inc- you're going on this incubus tour on January 4th. And he goes, and instead of me being excited about going on tour with one of my all time favorite bands, my first thought was, yeah, but my birthday is January 6th. So I'm going to miss my first birthday with my wife to be on tour. And he's like, in the second that that popped into my head, I realized that I didn't have a passion for music as much as I had a passion for being a good husband to my wife. Uh, and it's, it's just a very interesting breakdown of, you know, what he breaks down, what is success and what is like achieving a dream. And it really is an insightful, insightful conversation. Uh, so I, it made me want to listen to more of their music and, and learn a little bit more about this guy who really had the chance to be the biggest thing in the world and figured being a good husband was more important to him. So uh, highly recommend it. It's a really good one. It's going to be about a month old by the time this comes out. But still, uh, if you can track it down, it's a really good episode. Before, before we wrap up, Megan walked in and she wants to tell you guys her Friday the 13th story. Ooh. So I'm going to let her take over, okay? This is so exciting. We haven't had Megan on the show since she embarrassed the shit out of Brian with trivia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here she is. Hold on. You ready for some bonus content, bitches? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Megan! <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, I have a real-life Friday the 13th story I thought you would appreciate. Okay. Um, so I worked at a kid's summer camp every summer when I was in college. And um, <laughs> so you have to picture this, like mountain lake really high up in the sierra nevada mountains in california okay takes a couple hours to climb up there in the car there's nothing around it it's huge mountain lake there's one little town and it's got a post office and a little bar and a general store and that's it and then a few cabins scattered in the woods so on this lake is our camp it's this huge like premier camp of the united states it's the kids pay tuition instead of camp fees. It's like that. It's that fancy. (laughs) Um, They've got like jet skis and they go rappelling down waterfalls and horseback riding and um, something I never could have afforded to do as a kid. So this is like the private school of summer camp. basically. Yes. Celebrities kids go to this camp. Like no joke. We had celebrities kids. So um, so like movie set for sure. And on the on the lake is also one other camp and it's a Boy Scout camp. And it's like super rustic. It's like not anything like our camp. It's them, you know, building fires and chopping wood and shit. So one night, it's a Thursday night. We're all in bed. We get to bed pretty early because we're up at the crack of dawn with these like little kids out hiking and shit. So really late. And we hear an alarm go off in the woods, in the middle of the woods. Didn't even know this alarm existed. So this like siren is going off. It wakes everybody up. We're like, okay, maybe it was something in the town or the Boy Scout camp. And we all go back to bed. Next day after breakfast, all the counselors are asked to come for a meeting. So we go. The camp owner tells us, hey, there was an accident last night. Um, Some of the counselors from the Boy Scout camp took one of their little skiffs over, one of their boats, to over across the lake to the town and the two of them were drinking in the bar and then they were driving it back and this lake is huge remember it takes like 20 minutes to get across it so in the middle of the lake they get into a fight and they start like physically fighting on this little boat and one of them falls out and drowns oh jesus yeah he drowned um and they're like okay so we're gonna have um the city's bringing in 
divers and like we're not going to cancel waterfront activities so you guys just have to go on you know as normal don't tell the kids obviously but we want to let you guys know that's why there's extra like people and extra boats and like police out on the lake so we go we go throughout our day we spend that whole friday um you know being really careful and that night we're all in the little staff lounge which is like a little teeny cabin like up higher in the mountain and the guy who runs the waterfront looks at all of us and he's like guys guys we're like what he's like what day is it and we're like it's friday and he's like no what's the fucking date and we're like the 13th <laughs> so this <laughs> this counselor died it was like after midnight yeah, you know like the bar closing on friday drowned. the 13th he drowned on friday the 13th right so this this guy ran the waterfront so he was extra like spooked about the whole thing because he was like i'm out on the water every day like i have to i take care of the boats i take care of all the jet skis like it's fine we have all these extra divers they're gonna find his body like it's no big deal so a week goes by and they don't find this guy's body it's a huge lake remember huge and it's a freezing cold mountain lake because it's so high up in elevation so apparently all these authorities go hey the water's too cold the body's not going to come up until spring we'll be back then (laughs) so we no joke this is a real story so we just keep going as normal the session changes we get new kids we don't tell them and then one morning while this waterfront counselor is out checking boats um, he has to go fuel up all the jet skis and we have a little auxiliary island that's like I don't know, like a quarter of the way to the halfway of the middle of the lake. And he takes it there and he leaves the jet skis there. And we've got like a little fueling station. So he takes them out one by one and fuels them up. And he's out super early in the morning, probably like a creepy mist on the lake. And he's flagged down by a kayaker with his little son. And the kayaker is like, hi, I need your help. Um, I found a body. And the guy, this dad was like trying to shield it from his kid. So he like moored his kid up on our island and um, he went over. So our island, uh, it was called Jet Ski Island and it was just a teeny little thing. And it had like a little sandbar over to like a one tree island. You know, there's like one tree, a little sandbar that you could walk across and our Jet Ski Island. So this dad, the body had washed up on that little one tree island. The dad walked over carried the body oh my wrapped it yeah wrapped (laughs) it in his towel and then was like okay it's your job so our waterfront counselor had to sit there for like an hour and a half radio for police alone on this island with With like like a a bloated like a month old dead month old body oh my god (laughs) that that died on friday the 13th that's like my own personal health (laughs) right (laughs) real story that camp was nuts we also had somebody filming people in the bathroom and yeah it was just yeah, that was a so, crazy summer. So you lived all the different types of 80s camp movies. Is what I it sure did. Like. <laughs> There's like a little bit of Friday the 13th, a little bit of Porky's. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> it was very stereotypical. But yeah, no, that's a real story. Dead bodies in the lakes, dead counselor who probably comes back to haunt those kids every summer now. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> the, thank you for sharing that. That's so cool. You're welcome. <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate a dead body story. Always. If you yeah, have right? more, feel free to hop back on. You're uh, a lot... That's well, I do have another one, but yeah, you don't want to. You're that. a lot more well spoken than your uh, than our co-host. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not interrupting anyone. Ooh. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. All right, well, he you're supposed the to say out. cut that. <laughs> cut, yeah. Oh, Matt, don't don't put that in the episode. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go get him. 
All right. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Brian, Brian are you awake? I'm shy. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, did you ever go to the real uh, Camp Crystal Lake? No. Okay. Because you know it's like not far from us, right? Yeah, I know. You went. Yeah, Where I went. Should for, go? I went. It, so they charge like an arm and a leg to see the actual lake now. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, like it's like a couple hundred dollars to like just have a tour of where it was shot. But I was in. So you'll love this. My first year, my freshman year of high school, I was in the junior Marines class because I didn't feel like taking a language course. So that was the other (laughs) option. So like, yeah, me, junior Marine. Hi. Uh, So we did a camping trip at Camp Crystal Lake. So because we were part of the junior Marines, they gave us the free tour instead. Uh, So that was cool. I got to actually see like the, the cabins in the lake and whatnot. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. You got the free tour instead of the hundreds of dollars. Yeah, yeah. it's not worth hundreds of dollars. It's worth no, free. It's, not. it's worth free. <laughs> like, that's what it should cost all the time. But All right. Well, here's the lesser half of this. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya. Bye. All right, guys. So if you want to hear more exciting Jason stories, not real ones about dead bodies found in lakes, <laughs> uh, go over to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast, and you will have... That conversation will be up right now, live. Ba-ba-bam. Um, but in the meantime, that was Jason Lives. It was the Friday the 13th episode of Horror Movie Night. And guys, we've only got one more episode before Christmas. So obviously we're not going to go with a full-on horror film. That's not our style. But we are going to watch one of the most disgusting christmas movies you could ever sit and watch that's not a horror movie so tune in for one of i will say a christmas movie that legitimately scared the shit out of me when i was a child uh and i would leave the room when we would watch it so stay tuned for that in the meantime go ahead and rate review and subscribe to whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on and send us some love on our different types of social media at hmn podcast uh, or send us an email at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Bam. <laughs> I was going to make a smart ass remark, but I didn't about Matt diving into three. What did I watch this week's, which canceled out mine supposedly. It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! At Maximum Mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous but should be. Why am I f- facing Floyd Mayweather in the f- 
Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 